Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge Podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms that have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Here are your hosts, Brad Warhurt, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez. Hey, and welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. Jim Martin, joined by Greg Gonzalez, Brad Warhurst. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Excited to talk about this topic. Look, we've had a lot of questions come in on the Elite Advisor Lab. That's our uh, virtual mastermind group uh, that we'll talk about how you can join that in a little bit. But one of the big questions we came in uh, that, that Greg uh, had bubble up to him was, hey, how do you segment your clients to to retain them, uh, to deliver great service, and ultimately to grow your referrals? And we figured this would be an incredible topic to talk about today is client segmentation, which sounds really freaking boring. I mean, th- this sounds like the most boring subject ever, but it's it's really a big deal. You know, like you, you've got to be able to, once you've got, once you have clients to be able to run the business effectively and segmentation does that. So Greg, let's go right over you right now and let's talk about client segmentation. Why, why do you think this is an important subject? I think it's, I think it's important because the majority of advisors have clients that have different needs and in some of them, you know, are asking for a different level of service, a different different level of, you know, planning and advice than others. And I'm not just talking about, oh, they're, you know, one and A clients, everybody with a million dollars and above. And, you know, it's, it's not as uh, simplistic as that. Um, you might have a client with three hundred thousand dollars that that has needs that are far more complex than the person with a million bucks, just because you know maybe they they own a business and they have you know an inheritance and they have all this kind of stuff going on. So, I and and just looking at all the different uh, things that we sign up for, uh, it always seems like there's a there's a gold, a silver, and a bronze plan. Right. And, and so oh, the, the, the bronze plans, the cheapest and, you know, it, and it has X, Y, and Z and, you know, the silver, that's the one in the middle. That's the most popular. And you, and with that, you get X, Y, Z, A, B, C. And then, you know, with the gold plan, that's the best, it's the premium, you get the whole alphabet. So, um, and, and I've been, you know, doing some work with, uh, you know, a a business consultant, uh, where, you know, he, what he calls is, you know, different levels of service that, that you provide different level of clients and what he called for like the A, B and C clients, the C clients get an, what he called an abbreviated service model, meaning that, you know, their needs are not as complex. I thought that was a nice way, abbreviated service model. So, uh, so in my opinion, that's why you do it. You, you segment, clients based on, you know, how, how complex their situation and needs are. Well, Brad, you've, um, you've actually, you should be Greg's business coach and get paid for this because <laughs> you have alluded to something very similar over the last couple, couple months here of doing these episodes that, um, not everybody needs the same level of service, which is why in your business, you're able to work with people that are just getting started and those with millions. So do you view it the same way? And then how do you ultimately, for your practice, how do you segment people? Yeah. You know, and I actually am pretty excited about this topic because I want to hear more about Greg's segmentation process because 
from my understanding so far, Greg, how many clients do you have? About a hundred, right? I've got over the more than a hundred now, Brad. Uh, it's I think it's probably like 115, 120 at this point households. All right. All yeah. right. All right. And then you do, and you do indeed segment them. I do. And, uh, you know, so this process is actually evolving this year, adding this, uh, actually on, on Monday, adding, uh, an associate advisor and kind of the thinking there is, you know, yeah, thanks Jim. Uh, within, you know, 12 months or so, then that advisor is going to work with their own segment of, of, cli- um, segment of clients and, uh, you know, the clients that have more you know, maybe they're farther away from retirement or, you know, uh, whatever the case may be, then they start to work with him. So it's going to then moving forward, I'm working with the people that are closer to retirement, maybe that, you know, have a higher asset size, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, for a book like mine, I mean, this topic's really important to me because I wouldn't be able to do what I I do if I didn't have an actual segmentation and stick to it. So some of those younger, lower asset level clients that I I really am not even saying this philosophically, like there are clients that I don't make any money on, you know, I will over time, but, but because of some fees that we pay, you know, on their behalf um, or to service their account, some of them are actually, we, we lose a little bit of money on them every year. I obviously have to service them differently. And another different thing that I do <clears throat> probably to a lot of people is like, I actually strive to price most people as B clients. Like B clients are my, they're my bread and butter. That's what I do. Right. And this may sound a little bit weird, but I don't want a lot of A clients. It's not that I don't like them. It's just an A to me, you know, if you've got, you probably have a lot of money, you have a lot of complexity and that's great, except that's not, that's not the majority of my book. So B is actually my bread and butter. And then A is for people that, um, like I said, either a lot of money or have some complex, unique situation. I also segment other, not just asset levels out. I segment like, um, you know, 401k plans out differently. I have a couple of insurance only clients for whatever reason that I still service just, you know, because I feel like I should. Um, so yeah, I do, but I do have distinct service levels for all these designations. And I do have to stick with them. Otherwise I would have to work 90 hours a week. If I were servicing everyone like a B or an A, I just have so many clients that it wouldn't work. So what yeah. about you, Jim? I want to hear, um, how the best does it, oh, um, <laughs> you know, I, sometimes I, I always wonder like, what, like, do we really service our segment segmented clients differently? And we, we, we do at our practice. So we, we have A and B's and I'm going to be honest, A and B's are treated about the same. They're on the same service model, the same service schedule. I generally work with our A clients and then my, um, my associate advisors work with our B clients. But you know, reality is my associate advisors, they're probably better than me in the sense that they have more time to handhold and more time to answer questions than I do. So we do segment A, B, and C and then select. So our A clients are People with seven hundred fifty thousand dollars and above, our B clients are, yeah, you know, I don't know, three hundred thousand or above. That that's a number that floats up over time, and um, both of those get a, an annual review. They get a couple, couple calls and emails a year. We try to stay in touch. They also get priority act, priority invites to events we do, client events, and um, so our segmentation is that our, our select clients are people that kind of like Brad. We don't we don't have anybody we lose money on per se. Um, but we do have people that are significantly less profitable, but we do want to help them because 
I mean, let's be honest. I, that's the reason I got in the business. I, I wanted to make money and I wanted to be able to help people do this because it's complex. Those are the two reasons. And they, um, I'm always happy to help people, but yeah, that we've struggled with it over time. We have, we have four segmentation models, a, B, C, and select select folks are people that would be these, <laughs> but we don't want to give anybody a, a failing grade in our, our office. So we change it to select and it seems yeah, to work well. Yeah, that, that's funny. I was I was thinking the same thing, and I always think like this when I think about ser- like service levels. You had A, B, C, and D, one, two, three, and four. However, and it's like for me, most people are either B or C, which either means you're my bread and butter client, and you have like a reasonable amount of assets, or you're a C. You take it seriously. You're you know dollar cost averaging. You just don't have a lot of money yet, but you're serious. Yeah. And then unlike the outliers, A is like just. Kind of some random cases here. People have a phenomenal amount of money that like if I needed to do outbound calls, I would call them first. And these for me are mostly people that are like on the bubble of getting fired for whatever reason. So there's like a handful at the outliers and pretty much everybody's being seen. (laughs) But that's how it ends up working out. Yeah. And and I think it's important. um, I think it's important that your team understand why you segment people. And why, why people, why people get a little bit better perks. And it's not so much different service or different advice. It's different perks. It's, it's like going to, it's like flying. If you went to the airline, if you went to Delta today, they're going to, they're going to put their diamond premiere and their rewards people on before they're going to put me on. And and that's the guy or gal who flies for a living. That's what they do. And, And they should get catered to because they spend like 10 times as much as me at that place. And that means when an A client calls in, like it's priority. I I'll sometimes have some, one of my, one of my team members come up and say, Jim, uh, so-and-so called in, they're an A client. I put them on your schedule for tomorrow. Like they take it seriously when an A client calls in because they know the uh, level of fees and the importance of that client. Greg, for you, you have probably more A's than B's. I would, I would guess because of your, the way you do this. How do you, how do you differentiate the service models in your, in your practice with kind of a, a lower number of clients than Brad and I have? Yeah, it, it's going to depend on their situation too. Um, but, uh, but you know, meeting frequency. You know, um, the, the A's, they, they. Um, I'll meet with them up to uh, twice a year, but, you know, more, more proactive, uh, you know, calls and emails to them. Again, you, you kind of make that known to the team. Hey, the, these are the, um, these are the, uh, the A people. And um, this is where our, our margins are the highest. And and they, they uh, just get a, a higher level of service. Everything, you know, down to, you know, their holiday or Christmas gift is, is a little bit nicer than the, than the B clients and, and C clients. So, Kind of just, uh, yeah, they, they, they kind of get that Royal treatment, if you will. Um, so, uh, but, but yeah, and that's going to be my focus is, you know, with, with this associate advisor, um, then working with uh, a lot of the, the B's and C's, then I'll have more time, uh, to devote to these, these A clients and, and what that's going to hopefully turn into is more referrals, more A referrals from A clients that they always seem to. And if I know if I, if I get a referral from an A client, I know it's nine times out of 10 going to be another A client that looks exactly like them. So it's going to be, you know, 62 year old that's ready to retire. They're going to refer somebody who's 62 years old that they work with, or it's a brother or sister. So, yeah. And it's not always the case, but statistically it's more often than not. 
for sure. Yeah, see, seems to be, you know, um, you know, and I'll I ask him, you know, how do you know him? Well, I work with him. It's like, well, um, how long have you worked with him? Well, they've been there 28 years, just like I have. It's like, oh, okay. So, so anyway, and, and hopefully they're, they're talking the a clients. I want them in talking about their advisor, like, oh, how does your advisor help you? Oh, he helped me get to retirement and, you know, we're going to retire at the end of the year and we can't wait. And then the person at work's like, well, I want to retire. Well, you should go talk to him. He'll help you retire. And, and so anyway, that's how it, it goes. I got a question for both of you guys. Uh, do you ever give anyone, Do you, and it's usually an upgrade, not a downgrade. Do you ever increase someone's service level based on an expected future opportunity? Or is it what, have you, or is it what you are today? Yes. Like if, for example, you, have, you do, Jim. So somebody's got... 200 grand with you now, and but they've got a million bucks in their 401k that they're going to retire in three to five years. They're an A client? Yeah, absolutely. We, we treat okay. them like an A. You know, it's an interesting kind of conversation. We used to, uh, that that person who with a with million dollars in a 401k, we used to like try to open Roth IRAs and, and keep them on board and then service them like an A. But I found that then they, then however that Roth performs, like if you have a bad yeah. market, you ain't getting that million dollars. So right, that's a good it, point. Yeah, we give them advice, but if they got a real rollover, then we do treat them like an A. Uh, but we also set the expectation when we're meeting with them. Hey, when you roll your 401k over, when you retire and roll this over, absolutely. But we've also downgraded people over time as well. So somebody who was an A at one point is just no longer an A, either because my practice has grown and my 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 thresholds have gotten higher, um, right. or because you know, they've, they've withdrawn half of their account value to go buy a house in which, you know, like, sure. like this is, this is what happens with old people. They spend the money. They don't, they can't take it with them. How about you, Greg? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely downgrading, um, people and, um, and upgrading. And I kind of know, I mean, if somebody's got a million bucks and is going to retire in 12 years, to me, that's that's almost stretching it. You know, 12 yeah. years, hell, I'm only going to be in this business another 25, so. <laughs> <laughs> maybe 20, I don't know. But uh, so anyway, I mean, they, there, I think there has to be some kind of, uh, you know, cutoff the d deadline as far as, you know, when are they right. going to retire? So, um, but that, that's, that's a good, good point. That's a good point because the next part of this question was, and I are, we haven't talked about it, but I know the answer has to be yes. Because we've probably all done the whole, we're going to split a relationship with another advisor, and then I'm going to service them like a triple A client to get the rest of the money. Yeah, Jim's shaking his head. Greg, you with Jim? I, I don't do it. Yeah. I, I used to. I, I, I used to. Yeah, we've all done it, right, Brad? I mean, like we've all, we've all, like some, we have stars on and our what eyes. Happens? Yeah. And we're excited and we're young in the business and somebody comes in and like, we're going to give you a shot. And you're, oh, I'm going to service him so well. They're going to love all the service. Just, just put them in your client service. If you're going to do it, it's fine, but just put them in your, nor put them as a B or whatever you're going to service them as service them. And hopefully over time you'll get it. But you know, we've talked about this on other shows, Brad sets a timeline, like you're going to make a decision or you're going to get the heck out. Um, yeah. And it can't, it can't, you know what that came from for one, one of my mentors and you know, because what ends up happening, Jim, you have the same experience, Greg, I don't, like the other guys thinking the same thing. So what the client ends up realizing is they get two advisors that treat them like AAA clients and they never have to move the money to either of them. Yeah. So the only way in my experience that ever resolves itself has ever resolved itself 
is the other advisor screws up. Yeah. That's the only time. The other advisor pisses them off and then they're like, I'm done. I'm coming over to you. I should take, I should take that back. It happened one other time. The other advisor died. <laughs> uh, and I don't think <laughs> And, and and I'll God, be the pessimist. <laughs> I'll be the pessimist here. Why I don't? Um, uh, and I know we just got a few minutes left on this episode, but why I don't? I'm at the point where I don't do that. So if a client did say, and I know we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but if listeners are curious why I don't do it, and then Jim, you can share why you don't do it. But um, so what I would say to the client is, uh, oh, so you're going to split the money up with with me and someone from X Y Z firm. So what is, what's the advantage of doing it that way? And then just listening to what they have to say. And well, it's because I get, I get, you know, two sets of eyes on it instead of one. And I'll say, okay, okay. Uh, but don't you think that, you know, there could be a lot of redundancies, uh, you know, in your overall portfolio? Because I don't, I, I'm, I got, you're wanting a complete, it, complete advice and I've got half the information and the other advisor has half the information and you're wanting complete advice from them. So to me, there's going to be a lot of overlap, a lot of redundancies. And I just, I just can't see that that's going to be in your best interest. And on top of that, you're probably paying higher fees than you need to pay because you've got half the money over there, half the money over here. And it would be lower overall costs would be lower if you were working with one advisor that had all the information. So as much as I'd I'd like to do business with you, um, I, I I don't think this is in your best interest. Yeah, yeah, we do. You're you're much more eloquent than I am when it comes to this. Um, <laughs> it's I, either I, all or nothing, or get the hell out. Well, I, I just I found that you like most of the time, like the people that want to split, they just can't break up with their other advisor. Like they're going to give me some piddly account somewhere else. Where I'm going to get their rollover and they just can't make a decision. I've got a lady that I'm dealing with this now and she is going to make a decision or she's going to hit the road. And, and I just tell people like, I'm not your mistress. Like you've just got to make a decision and you don't have two CPAs. You don't have two dentists. You either want complete advice or you, or you, you or, or, or not. And I'm okay with that. Like we don't have to like work together. So I almost do the takeaway, just like you did. I just take it away from them. Like, it sounds yeah. to me like you're really not willing to commit to one advisor and I'm not willing to commit to having half the relationship. Yeah. So it sounds to me like you want to commit to the other person and I just yeah. leave it and, there. Or, and or, in the advisor lab, we're going to have every possible angle and eloquent uh, rebuttal or, or reason as to why not to do that. And I think the only one of these that I have that I can think of right now, at least that I'm aware of, and I don't mind doing, and you know, I don't mind doing for this situation and a couple others. I have a, a lady who has been a client for over 10 years and I share the relationship. Her brother-in-law is, uh, I think New York life agent. And it's like, if I have someone like that, where they have like fan or something, I'll leave, I've even told people where it's like, hey, you know, why don't you leave that account there? Because, you know, you have a personal relationship and they may feel some type of way about this. And now usually they appreciate it. So I do have a couple where I split for like, uh, you know, reasons like that. But generally I'm with you, Greg and Jim. I don't, you know, it's going to be all or nothing at this point. And we're going to show you how to do that. Yeah, you need to be able to just like Jim, um, you know, was saying you need to be able to communicate that in a professional way, not 
you know, not get pissed off or not, you know, it, it kind of needs to be rehearsed is what I'm trying to say. I, I didn't just come up with these, you know, pull these words out of the air. It, it's been years of practice of what do I say in this situation? And they're all real true reasons. Like Jim, I yep. think you said earlier about pricing, right? Like pointing this stuff out. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, that's good advice. It's not only salesmanship, but good advice. I mean, you're paying multiple IRA fees. You're going to get priced like two $500,000 households, not one $1 million. I mean, there are all tax coordination. I mean, there are all kinds of reasons to not do this and not very many reasons to do it. So, yeah, th yeah. these are all, these, this is great points. And, and, you know, the, Greg said something that is kind of striking, I think is really important is that Guys, you're going to get the same questions over and over again if you've done this long enough. Like, you better practice this stuff. You better have an answer for it. And that's what we do on our our live. We do a weekly um we do a light a weekly office hours a live question and answer on the Elite Advisor Lab, and we dive into this every week to help you get through and navigate these things and give you talking points. So you're when you see the most common kind of things like, oh, I I, I want to leave my account and my other advisor. How do you handle that in a professional way without like making yourself go crazy and and bringing that over? So look, I, I want to invite folks out there. Like if you've not checked out the Elite Advisor Lab, that is a virtual coaching forum where once a month we do a deep dive into a topic where we show you what we're doing in our practice. And then weekly we have accountability sessions. Weekly we have question and answers. Weekly we have a discussion forum. Iron sharpens iron. Go out to EliteAdvisorLab.com. You get to kick the tires for the first 30 days. If you don't like it, you can cancel at any point, and we'd love to have you there. So go to EliteAdvisorLab.com. Hey, thanks for uh, joining us on the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. We will be back next week. Thanks for listening to the show. Check us out at thefinancialadvisorsedge.com if you want to learn more about us. If you enjoyed the content, make sure to leave us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. The opinions that are expressed in the shows are that of each host only and don't necessarily reflect the opinion of the other hosts. Like the weather, our opinions can change. This podcast isn't intended to provide tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified professional. We cannot guarantee our opinions or forecasts are right. See you next week.